0: Hey everyone, Carlos here, and welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ebrus, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at rolladventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes
1: roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is of salt and blood. My name is Cass and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure Intrigue, Secrets, and Magic Across the World of Ibris continues. This session begins in the afternoon of the 6th of Altor, in the year 1069 PR, as the party stands before the Conservatory, the alleged location of Aleki Kalagos' execution. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight?
2: This weekend, for the first time, so I love baking, but I have never baked with yeast before up until very recently. So for my grand total of things I have made that has yeast, is three. Two was the same recipe, so I don't know if that counts. Anyway, so I decided I'm going to make pumpkin cinnamon rolls because it's Canadian Thanksgiving. And I had everything that I needed except for I didn't have cream cheese for the icing. And I did not want to go to the grocery store, but I still needed cream cheese. So I was looking and there's two corner stores in our neighborhood and one of them opens at 5 10 in the morning. So it was open. I mean, I wasn't up at five ten, but the other one didn't open until like 10, I think. And that was too late. So decided to walk to the corner store and learned that it is only a 10 minute walk from my house and they have a lot of ice cream. So I feel like I'm going to take a plus two because I learned that the corner store is actually quite a reasonable walk from my house. And if I suddenly need ice cream, nowhere to go.
3: Ellie, that's wonderful.
2: <laughs> Thank you. They also have, like, a lot of random other stuff, but the ice cream, they have, they have an unreasonable amount of ice cream. Part of me thinks, well, maybe it's because, you know, it's in the freezer, so it keeps for a long time, and it doesn't matter if they don't sell a lot of it, but they have a lot. So I don't know if, like, everybody in the neighborhood just goes there and buys ice cream all the time. not sure.
3: You'll have to stake it out. And see.
2: (laughs) Yes. Observe everybody leaving. How many ice creams did they buy? But it's not like the big tubs of ice cream. It's like the little quarts of ice cream. The specialty, the more expensive specialty ice cream. Pint. I think that's a pint, actually. Is it a quart? or I don't know. I'm bad at these things.
3: The pint is the smaller. Yeah, pint is the smaller. Okay, I meant a pint, sorry. My fact is I learned that Anne Boleyn was Catherine of Aragon's, like, friend. Which, for anyone who knows about Henry VIII's six wives, that's messed up. Because Catherine of Aragon was divorced by Henry to marry Anne. And I just thought Anne was some, like, someone who came in from the side, but she was, like, best friends with Catherine and was on her, like, court and was... Like, she moved to uh London to be, like, in Catherine's court from where she lived and then married her husband. So, wow, Anne Boleyn.
2: What a bitch.
3: I know. I know. I'm taking a plus two. And it was illegal. Like, Catherine of Aragon thought she would never be divorced because yeah, it was illegal. And guess what? So, anyway, off with her head. She didn't deserve it, though. And I will be taking a plus one because it's really not useful. But
0: yeah. Guess I shall go. I have some one. I learned a lot about the ocean. Just love learning facts about how horrifying and scary our world is, especially the ocean. Apparently we've only explored 5% of the world's oceans. Which is scary, because that's a lot of ocean, considering 70% of the world is of water, and, you know, there's entire mountain ranges underwater, and we haven't even, (laughs) there's so many creatures we don't even know about. So, the ocean is scary, that's what I learned, and I'm going to take a plus one.
2: I'm really glad you didn't have, like, something specific because I I really wanted to stop you and say, Carlos, please be quiet. We're about to take a voyage on the ocean to Atzacan. Do not give Cass any ideas.
0: That's not the real ocean, though. The real ocean is definitely more scary,
4: apparently.
1: Are you sure?
0: Nope. Yeah, I was like, is that
3: a challenge? Challenge accepted.
4: So my fact was when I learned for, I was going to bring up last time, uh, I found out that they're actually doing research into supersonic flight, which for people that don't know a lot about that, one of the big problems with the supersonic flight is the sonic boom that's created from moving faster than the sound of, or eh, moving faster than the speed of sound. Uh, but a lot of the designs that they're looking at are looking at like a pair of wings that are kind of, uh, On top of each other that would create sound waves that would cancel out outgoing sound waves. So kind of like uh, as sound waves, the sound waves would basically collide to each other. And if they perfect that technology, we could actually have supersonic flight and get across the world in like three hours. So I'm taking a plus one because I'm excited for that kind of technology. And that sounds awesome.
5: Oh, you want terrifying ocean facts. Well, I I didn't bring any this week, but I'll keep that in mind. I have kind of a boring fact. I don't know. I didn't learn very much this last week. I did learn while I was in Kentucky that the Kentucky Derby is the longest running, continually running sporting event in the U.S. It's been running since 1875, which is like a really long time. And they've postponed twice. Once for World War II and then once like last year for COVID. But both years they had races. They just were late. Races, And then I was trying to figure out what the world's longest continually running sporting event was just in general, and I couldn't really find an answer because, like, turns out sports have been happening for a long time and nobody can really agree on what that event would be. So I'm going to take a plus zero, I think.
1: Let's see what you all roll. Oh, man. I blew my 20
4: on this roll. Uh, I got 21. 16 plus one for me, so 17.
5: 11. I also got an 11. I had a plus 2. I had a plus 0, though. So.
3: 15.
4: Hey, everyone. My name's Cory, and I play Kalina Floros, who is a human fighter that was an that is an ex-soldier of the and army.
3: It's Disco, and I play Alice, the radiant Genasi druid of the Half Moon Circle, who is a walking, talking, shark-killing magic mirror.
0: Hey, world. Carlos here. And I play Marcus Evander, a scout in the Talorant army, who could maybe kill a shark, but can't defeat a rug. Or a blanket. Whichever the two.
2: Hi, I'm Allie. I'm playing Maya Volta, a human cleric of Cain. Currently, a ghostly human
5: cleric of Cain. Hi, I'm Emmy. I'm playing Sylvie. She's a half-elf monk, and she's not going to get herself eaten by plants this episode.
1: Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. Juan light finds purchase through the many broken, grimy panes of glass into the verdant room before you. Where the remainder of the house has been deprived of life save for the unwanted, the rats, the spiders, the moths the conservatory before you seems to be a haven for it. Large intertwined rose bushes, creeping plants along the floor, hydrangea, rhododendron, hyacinth, and foxglove are just a few to name that compete to survive beneath the limbs of a great tree. You realize that the noose you thought you saw hanging are in fact various crawling vines that loop up the base of the tree and dangle from its lowest branches, slightly swaying in the wind. Your party now stands just inside the door. A small open staircase of three or four steps goes down to the floor of the conservatory, where an overgrown stone path branches out into this enclosed circular room. What will I
2: think Maya will start floating towards the tree, looking for the noose so that we can unburden the hanging... something. The hanging... tree? The tree? I don't know.
4: Kalina will walk slowly behind Maya's light with her sword drawn.
3: Can I begin ritual casting Detect Magic and can you describe this plant to me again?
1: I'm assuming you mean the tree. Why don't you give me a nature check?
3: That would be a dirty 20.
1: You can't identify the tree in front of you.
3: Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I've am
0: I'm, got some skills uh, in identifying plants and different things. Maybe I can take a crack at it.
1: Go right ahead.
0: That's a natural...
1: A natural 20?
0: For a total of 23.
1: Unfortunately... As is the same with Alice, you are unable to identify this tree. It looks similar to oak in some regards, but borrows traits and features from other trees, some native to Merstwall, others not. Whatever this tree is, it's not from around here.
0: Well, everyone, this is definitely a tree, but it's also not a tree so just everyone know that
5: but it it looks like a tree how is it not a tree
3: i too do not understand this botanical anomaly
1: sylvie are you going to do anything or are you standing up there with marcus and alice on the stairs
5: i think she is probably standing with Alice and Marcus, gazing around the room, like, pretty excitedly, like, naming flowers in her head, and, like, reaching out and then taking her hand back, like, oh, no, probably shouldn't touch. But, like, you can see the temptation in her whole body to just go running through the whole conservatory.
1: Maya has slowly floated out into this room as the three of you have had this small conversation. And Kalina has slowly made her way down the four stone steps. And as Kalina takes that fifth step, her foot firmly landing upon the grass and stone and the creeping plants that have overgrown near the stairs, a fell wind sweeps through the conservatory and what little light filters down from the sky tinges blue with frost. Around you, the vibrant greens and the colors of this garden begin to wither, to wilt, to brown. Each blade of grass, each leaf, each flower begins to die. Your breath mists in the air as the temperature plummets, webs of spider-like frost growing over the last few unshattered panes of glass. Why do the living trespass within my home? A voice whispers upon the wind. Anyone else hear that?
5: Yeah, we're 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 just here to help. We're 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 trying to save uh, all the ghosts. We're we mean no harm.
4: Speak for yourself. <laughs> it didn't mean that at all, right? You're your
0: arrogance,
1: Signora. Is simply camouflage for the insecurity that mars your
3: soul. We're not going anywhere until we get our friend's body back from your butler, buddy.
5: Reck, here to unburden you. Um, how do you have any tips or
1: false words, false promises? False oaths, false whispers, you offer just like him. You will betray me just like him.
2: No, your wife sent us. Let us free you and her so that you can be together again.
1: You cannot undo what has been ...cannot defeat that which he serves. It is greater than you. It was greater than me. You have trespassed on this ground. And here you will stay. Will everyone please roll initiative?
3: Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Oh, I hate everything about this. <laughs>
4: Positive. No nope. man eating plants yet?
5: I got an 18.
3: 14. Cass, yes, I have a 6.
2: I have a 6?
3: Oh my god. I'm just as fast as the ball of light. Uh, I got 13. I heard there were some 6s. You did hear. I think that's a bad omen, by the way, if there's a third.
1: <laughs> well, let's just say there is, uh, on the last initiative number, whatever you guys got. Someone else will go as well. Hmm.
3: So there's a third six? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. There's three sixes.
3: Okay, this is a bad omen. The whole party is about to die, everyone. So buckle up. I hope that we have some revivifies ready. My, how, many, how many diamonds do you have?
2: <laughs> there's a couple in this house, right? Yeah?
1: Who between the two of you at six goes first?
2: Oh, definitely not me. I have a minus one
1: dexterity.
3: I go first. I almost have a plus two dex, guys. Next level.
1: To be upfront about the initiative of this fight, Alecky has three actions that will be spread throughout the round.
3: The order goes
1: Alecky's first action, then Sylvie, then Marcus, then Aleki's second action, followed by Kalina, and then Alice. Then Aleki will take his third action, before Maya will finish off each round of initiative.
3: So he has three actions?
1: Yes, he has three actions per turn.
3: Oh my goodness.
4: This is gonna get tough.
1: Uh, Everything hurts. Around you, in each pane of glass, and in between them, you see the frost begin to grow across forming this dome completely, except where the branches of this tree have broken through it and moved outwards. The ghostly visage of Aleki Calagos himself forms in each of the remaining panes, and these newly formed ones. His eyes alight with anger and pain. Phew have intruded upon my solitude long enough. You will join me here in the grave. A bitter wind races around you, swirling the fallen leaves as they continue to brown and fall from this tree and the decaying plant matter up into the air. The wind buffets against you, pushing you, pulling you as if seeking to probe your defenses. As this wind blasts you from all sides, what will you do to prepare yourself? In the indecisiveness of your actions, the howling of the wind suddenly slams against all of you. Will everyone please make a strength save and throw? Oh no... 15 for Kalina.
5: I got an 8. Oh, dear. 5 for Maya.
4: Got a solid 9,
3: P. I've received a natural 1.
5: Oh, no.
0: Bye, Alice.
3: We're all gonna die in here, aren't we? Which, by the way, I have a minus 1 to my strength modifier. So, did I get a 0? Wait, I need to do something. I have a reaction. Can I absorb elements?
1: Yes, you can. Absorb Elements gives you resistance right, and lets you have more damage on your next attack.
3: It captures the incoming energy, lessening the effect on you, and storing it for my next melee attack. I have resistance to the triggering damage type until the start of my next turn. Also, the next first time you hit it with a melee attack, ball, I, I can add extra d6 of the triggering damage type.
1: Fantastic. You will be dealt some magical bludgeoning damage by this. Got it. Only those who got a 14 or above are successful as such. I think that's only Marcus and Kalina. Uh, So, Marcus and Kalina, you manage to brace yourselves against the wind, but you are pushed back 10 feet. The two of you are pushed back. Marcus, you're pushed back into the hallway. The door's banging open against the hallway beside you. Kalina, you're pushed back, and... You're managed to just sort of stumble back up the stairs, so you're back at about the entrance to the conservatory. But you haven't fallen over, unlike Maya, Sylvie, and Alice. You're unable to withstand the onslaught of this wind. Each of you, in Maya's case, you're already floating off the ground, are briefly lifted off the floor and hurtled backwards ten feet. So Sylvie and Alice... You're going to crash back by Marcus, but you're going to fall, splaying yourself prone, smashing into the walls. You will each take two magical bludgeoning damage. Maya as well. Maya, you're battered around the room by this wind and get smacked into a few of the walls. Whatever this ice is that's forming around the edge of it, you can't get out of this room. It's not pushing you through the walls. Sylvie, it's your turn. You are prone, approximately at about Marcus's feet, in the hallway. Oof! Okay. Sylvie's gonna
5: stand up. So, half her movement speed. Gosh, I don't really want to go back into that room. I think she's gonna use the rest of her movement speed to just, like, run into the room towards the tree and get as close as she can get.
1: Okay, so you use half of your movement speed, which is 20, and then you can go another 20 feet. So now you are at about... You're at the bottom of the stairs. You're where Kalina was when this all started.
5: Okay.
0: Marcus. So how far away is the uh, evil tree from me?
1: The tree is about 20 feet from Sylvie. So it is 40 feet from you.
0: Can I move 30 feet towards the tree and then... I don't know if it's going to do anything, but can I take a pot shot with my short bow at it?
1: Go right ahead.
0: I'll just shoot first, ask questions later. And that is a 10.
1: Buffeted by the wind, your arrow is going to... It goes forward, almost hits the tree, and then just sort of angles and veers suddenly off to the side and embeds itself into the decaying plants at the base of this tree.
0: Is there a place I can hide?
1: The foliage is decaying away around you, but yeah, you're going to use your bonus action to try and hide.
0: I'm going to use cutting action. That's a natural one, plus eight, so nine.
1: You quickly drop under some of the plants that haven't decayed as much, but as you do, as you brush against them, it seems to accelerate their state of decay. And they begin to fall apart. If something is very unobservant, might not see you. But if it is, probably will be able to see you now.
0: This is probably a really bad
1: idea now. From your vantage point, Marcus, from the place of hiding, you see in the... Just a little bit farther from you, on the ground, something metal that glints. And it begins to float up into the air. And what you see is a trowel. The trowel turns and fixes itself on something. Or someone. As you follow its line, you can see that this is angled into the hallway. Back towards the only source of magic that's been used so far in this fight. Towards Alice. Maya... Once the trowel has come up out of the foliage, you can see it as well. You probably have a chance to say three words or less as this trowel is about to start speeding towards Alice. Alice, duck! Alice, what do you do?
3: I, I duck. I listen to Maya. Hit the ground. I'm already on the ground. I'm prone, though.
1: Well, how do you interpret duck? I'll roll. With Maya's timely warning and the fact that Alice will roll... This trowel will have disadvantage on its attack.
3: Okay. The
1: trowel speeds towards you. It would hit you with a 20, but with disadvantage, it gets a 13. What is your AC? 12. The trowel fixes a bead upon Alice, and it flies through the air, urged on with supernatural intent, as it flies through the air unerringly zooming towards Alice as he tries to roll out of the way interpreting Maya's vocalization, her warning but it will dig embedding itself in Alice's calf Ah! and Alice, you will take four piercing damage and one cold damage as the preternatural chill of the grave permeates into your body. Ouch <laughs> Kalina it's your turn
4: Okay, so just to make sure, when you mean the panes, you mean like the ones on uh, kind of like ground level or ground level and like the panes uh, of the roof as well
1: have Alecky. Think of this as like the entire room is basically dome a dome of glass.
4: Okay, what's the closest
1: pane to me? Could I get to it in 30 feet? Most assuredly, yes. Are you going to go to the panes on the left side or the right side? The left side is closest to the rose garden on the west of the house. And the right side will be closest to the black-green stone of the rising lighthouse. I'm just
4: going to roll a 50-50 on that because Kalina would not have kept note of those type of details. Okay, Evans, we'll go to the right side. And as she's walking, she's like, come out, you damn coward. And she'll slash at that at the first pain she comes to. Give me an attack roll. That is a
1: 15. Two-handed or one-handed?
4: I didn't announce, so it'll be one-handed this time. I'll make sure
1: to announce two-handed next time four points of slashing damage you will slash into this pane of glass Aleki's face, his ghostly visage briefly there as you slash into it and break it into a thousand pieces and you'll hear him howl and the look, the gaze from all the other reflections of him will fix on you and it will go where did
3: you get that sword?
1: found it in a room
4: Yes, I wanted to also take my bonus action to do second wind. Oh, that was a good roll. 9, to 11, 12. So I'll recover 12 hit points.
1: It does not belong to you. Alice, it's your turn.
3: Hey, Cass. So the party would hear like the sound of cracking glass as his calf is punctured with this gardening tool. It's not as bad as the garden flamethrower from episode, I think it's four. But anyway, is it stuck in his leg?
1: Unless you pull it out, the trowel will remain embedded in your calf.
3: Would that be my bonus action or my action, or it would just be object interaction?
1: It would be a free action.
3: Okay, great. I will pull it from my leg.
1: You'll pull it from your leg and you feel that supernatural chill that had sunk into you. It's still there, but it is lessened and heat almost pushes in as blood flows into that area and begins to bleed out of the wound.
3: It's like blue blood, by the way. Just putting it out there. Like copper-based blood? Anyway. I will look at it, glaring at its surface, seeing my own face and its reflection. And I would like to turn to the dying brush of the deep deep foliage. And I would like to try and set it on fire with the produced flame.
1: Hmm and go right ahead. You can either make an attack roll from a distance,
3: or you can use your movement
1: to move up to it, and then light it on fire from point blank. And that won't require an attack roll.
3: Yeah, so I would like to get a little bit closer to the brush, and then um, kind of hold my palms towards each other as the light clicks, like it's being fractured through a magnifying glass to produce a blue flame at its center that I would like to push into the brush to set it ablaze.
1: So you'll stand up from prone using half of your movement. Yes. And then you will move the 15 feet. Are you on the left side or the right side? Uh, Kalina is on the right side currently, smashing glass. Maya has been bounced around the room. Marcus is out In the brush, and Sylvie is about five feet in front of where you'll get.
3: So I would like to set it ablaze away from Marcus, but I would also like to take care to notice where it would be dense enough to catch with something else.
1: Why don't you give me a free perception check to help you determine where you think would be best?
3: Oh, thanks. That will be a 16, 15 plus one.
1: Marcus is on the right-hand side closer to Kalina as well. On the left-hand side, there is a couple thorny rose bushes that have some dense creeper vines that were attacking them. If you think if you can get the rose bushes burning, that it should race along those vines, which ultimately look like they might crawl all the way back to the tree in the center.
3: Well, kablam, as I send the blue flame into the rose bushes.
1: You will ignite the rose bushes. And we'll see how that spreads... Soon enough.
3: I would like to use my bonus action, Minor Illusion, to create the symbol of Hime that we saw upstairs above this flame of burning bushes.
1: As these flames begin to grow within this rose bush, the hearth of Hime stylized in beautiful neon rainbow colors, probably, appears above this ro- these rose bushes, perhaps as a sign that Hime is watching over you, that you guys are doing the right thing, or however your characters would like to interpret this. You fight valiantly, but you do not understand that you cannot turn back time. The light refracts around this room, catching on what at first you think are small motes of frost that have been lifted into the air. Then you realize what they are. They are small pieces of glass that have fallen into this room, with each broken pane over the year. For a brief moment, they hang there, unaffected by the wind, and the light catches, Shining. Reflected in each tiny fragment of glass, you briefly see a small cottage. A small cottage beneath the green-black stone of the lighthouse. You see Lecky, a younger man, in the prime of his life, sitting beside Mariana's bed, tears flowing down his face as he holds her cold dead hands a local midwife quietly finishes cleaning her head hung low for they lost not simply mariana but the baby as well he was just a simple lighthouse keeper they were so happy they had planned to build a home together away from war you feel his emotions washing over you, mixed with all the rage and regret that he feels at the world. Alecky, would you like me to bury the. your daughter, alongside the others? The midwife asks. No. I will bury her beneath the tree. Alongside her mother. That way all of us can be there together. When I die. He chokes out the words, tears running down his face. She nods solemnly, and in a few minutes is gone. As the door closes behind her, she races off into the night, unaware of the figure that stood in the shadows. A figure with eyes black like a shark. A man who would wait. A man who would offer hope. At a cost. You're jarred back to reality as the shards of glass reposition to angle their sharpest edges forward before they are flung outwards with supernatural force. Everyone, please make a dexterity saving throw. I got a twelve.
2: I have rolled so badly tonight. That's a one. Oh, wow. I got an unnatural 20. It's not a natural
1: one, though. It's just a 1.
3: I'm trying with my lucky dice at this point, so I rolled a 15 plus 1. 16. I got a 21.
1: Everyone that got a 14 or higher, you will only take 3 slashing damage. Anyone that failed, you will take 6 slashing damage. Hey, Cass, would I be able to use parry for this? Unfortunately not. To use parry, the incoming attack needs to be a melee attack, and this is a ranged attack. Okay. And with that, Maya, it's your turn.
2: Okay. I am going to move towards the tree, and as I'm moving towards the tree, I'm going to say, Lucky Calicos, I call on you in the name of your wife, Mariana, who sent us here to help you. It is too late. To undo the past but it is not too late to make a difference now we will help you and your wife and everyone who is trapped here what harm can there be in you letting us
1: try to help you and I'm going to try to find his body Give me an investigation check unless you're using some kind of magic to do it.
2: I don't think I have magic that will let me do that.
3: Gosh, shouldn't she get advantage, like being a ghost and like seeing? Sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh.
1: A 15. As you look about this room, There's a couple things that you'll notice immediately. You can't see through the tree at all. You can't see inside it. But the ground? You can sort of see through the ground a bit. And on the far side of the tree, it does look that a bit down in the ground, but this is buried in the ground, is a humanoid skeleton and a very small humanoid skeleton. But of any bones elsewhere... You don't see any other bones in this room. But you can't see through the tree. You can't see through its twisted branches. What will you do? Can
2: I start floating up into the branches to look and see if maybe his body's been woven into the vines and the canopy?
1: Yes, you can. But we'll handle with what you see up there next round. On the great tree, the bark cracks and breaks to form a crude resemblance of Aleki's face. The ground beneath you rumbles before roots from this great tree explode upwards, reaching towards each of you on the ground to grasp and entangle you where you stand. Can I please add strength saving throws? The DC for this is 14. If you fail, you will be restrained following the same rules as the Entangle spell. Maya, the roots do not grasp towards you as you are floating up in the tree.
4: Well, there's our man eating plants. I rolled terribly. I got a four.
5: I got a natural one, which equals a four. The dice are not in it today. They, it's fine.
3: We roll very badly as party. I'm just putting it out there.
1: Well, not always. Sometimes we just, I think...
3: Uh, I got
4: a 15. I got a 14.
1: Okay, so Kalina and Marcus are free, but Alice and Sylvie, you're restrained. So, following the same rules as the Entangle spell, you're restrained, which means your speed is reduced to zero, you have disadvantage on attack rolls and dexterity saving throws, and attackers have advantage on attack rolls against you. But... Oh, you can use your action on your turn to make a strength check, also DC 14, to attempt to escape. And with that, we move to Sylvie's turn. Alright,
5: well, I suppose that being entangled in these roots, she's just gonna try and fight her way out of it, like rip her arms out of it, so. Strength saving
1: throw or just a strength check? It's a strength-saving throw when the spell's first cast, but on subsequent turns, when you want to try and break out as an action, it's a strength check.
5: Okay, so strength check. Got it. Alright, well that's fabulous. I got an 18 plus 1, so 19.
1: Yes! Yes! The roots that writhe up out of the dirt, wrapping around her legs, holding you. You peel them back and push free from them.
5: Okay, so then I'm just gonna move closer to the tree, and, like, can I kind of, like, walk a circle around it? And just see if I notice anything.
3: What, besides the face of a lucky Kalagos staring from down at you?
5: Well, I mean, obviously he's right there, but maybe there's, like, something helpful in or around the
1: tree. Give me a perception check.
5: Oh my gosh, Alright, made up for my natural one. That's a 19 plus 2, so
1: 21. Excellent. When we get to your turn next round, remind me. Because Sylvie has just found an interesting carving. Okay, got it. Marcus, it's your turn. The brush on the side of the room has begun to burn. Roots have exploded up, attempting to ensnare you and grab you, but you've danced back from them. Your companions, Maya, her globe of light has drifted upwards into the higher parts of the tree. While Alice struggles nearby the fire. And Kalina stands by a broken pane of glass.
0: How's the roof looking?
1: Where the panes of glass that were previously broken had fallen down, panes of frost have covered them.
0: So is the... Fauna reacting negatively to, like, the uncovering of the roof, basically. I mean, I know there's, like, panes of frost, but would I have noticed anything? Or is this kind of like a fool's end?
1: At this time, there are no fauna or animals in this room. There is only Flora and yourselves. The frost-covered panes started to form back near the very beginning of the fight, when frost started covering the whole place and plants started to die, anywhere that the branches of the tree don't break up through the roof itself, frost has covered those and created new panes, which the illusion, or not illusion, but the reflection of Aleki is appears to be reflected in each and every one of them.
0: I could see the face. I could see the face of Aleki on the tree, correct?
1: Yes. The wood has and bark has broken in places to form his face.
0: Can I move out of the brush? Say ten ten feet, fifteen feet away.
1: You can move back up onto the stairs, down into this room.
0: And then can I go ahead take a bonus action, take a deep breath, and use steady aim. Oh, I can't do that because I have moved. Never mind, I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna take a pot shot at the face of a lacusia that does anything. That is a 21 to hit. 15 plus 6.
1: That will hit. Your arrow will not be batted down by the wind. It will not be lost in the swirling wind that rages around this room drawing decaying plant matter up into the air. And it will embed itself in his cheek. And he will let out a snarling howl. your Bodies will fertilize my garden for years to come. All of those roots that had been shot up out of the ground, the roots, though, that are not holding on to you, that not find purchase to restrain you, you see them all begin to crack, and little faces form on them. As this sound fills the air, strips of each root begin to break off, becoming pale simulacrums of life, each carved with Alecky Kalagos's face. There are now small creatures of wood crawling out of these roots towards you guys. Over by Kalina, a few of them will jump at her, one of them will grab the back of her tunic she'll smack it sending it flying a few others will crawl towards alice but he might even be able to bump one of them off into the fire a couple are charging towards you marcus and a few are also going after sylvie kalina it's your turn
4: so the uh, appearance the reflection of well, like he's in the pain still yes all right she'll continue on the right to the next pain and stare at it and go, your monster killed my friend. Now I'll kill you. And she'll grab this with both hands and slash at this bane. 17 to hit. That
1: will hit. And this time, my d10, uh, five points of slashing damage. You will sink your blade into this pane and draw it back out, shattering this one. And as you do, a couple of the pieces of this glass will come slicing down, hitting a few of the small creatures that have been created with Aleki's face. One of the larger pieces of glass falls down, impaling one of them to the ground, and it will continue to twitch, trying to claw at you. Alecki will again howl. Alice, it's your turn.
3: You are restrained. What has been going on with the fire over the last, like, six rounds or so?
1: Since all the turns happen simultaneously, it's only been one round. I see. This fire is slowly spreading outwards, and it's probably now, it started as about a five-foot flame. It's spreading outwards away from you, and moved to two other squares nearby.
3: And these vines entangling me are connected to the root of the tree?
1: It does appear to be so.
3: Can I also set them on fire?
1: Yes, you can go right ahead.
3: That will be a, with my spell modifier, that's a 12 plus 6, so an 18.
1: That will hit.
3: Cool. Do I roll damage?
1: Go right ahead.
3: So That will be a 7.
1: You will char some of these roots that are wrapping around you, and the fire will begin to catch and race down some of them. You are unable to see what damage it has done to the roots below ground, but you're confident it has done something. Because Aleki's eyes on the tree will almost fixate upon you. Oh no. And he will roar. And as he roars, his voice is going to mingle with the very wind until you're forced to cover your ears and close your eyes as particles continue to fly up, beat by this wind rapidly. And in that brief moment, a moment that almost seems to create a, a sensory deprivation, another vista another memory of Aleki Kalagos is going to open before you. Before all of you. Aleki Kalagos stands beneath a familiar tree, planted some 20 or 30 feet from the base of the lighthouse. A grave has been dug beneath it. The very bark of the tree to serve as the headstone for their grave. Carved thus Mariana Lyra Caligos, 923 PR to 951 PR, and Prana Mariana Caligos, 951 PR. Till we are reunited. Wait for me. Please. I... I don't want to be alone. He cried, slumping against the tree. On his lap, a small book containing first-hand accounts of the discovery of Merstwall. A book that his wife had found, had discovered in the lighthouse, and given to him. He runs his fingers over the words she wrote on its first pages, and the small sketches of the home they hoped one day build nestled throughout its various margins. Please, 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 come back to me. Please. I, I don't know what what to do. I don't know how to go on w- without you. I can bring her back. A man in archaic clothes, with eyes that were wrong, eyes black like a shark, said as lucky looked up to him, "Let me help you. I serve a master, a master who cannot abide." the pain and suffering that you have he can help you he can bring her back he can bring them both back he reaches out his hand in offering and you will feel something a touch at the back of your mind a suggestion an urging A compulsion to accept the man's hand and his offer. A compulsion that each of you would have known. To avoid. A compulsion that Alecki in that state, in his grief, was too weak to deny. Your ears pop. As the pressure from the wind drags you back to the present, can each of you accept Maya? Please make a Constitution saving throw. Oh
3: no!
4: Being dead has benefits. Kalina got a fifteen.
1: I got an eight.
3: The sixteen for Alice. I got a twelve. Sylvie,
1: Marcus, you are deafened. The world goes silent and hollow. You are deafened until the end of your next turn, at which point you can make another saving throw to attempt to recover your hearing. To make the saving throw is not an action. It is just something you can do at the end of your turn. So both of you can't hear anything else. Maya, it's your turn. I'm floating through this tree. Or not through it, but, you know, up into the branches. Looking for a body. Based off your perception, as you are floating up higher... You can see that it looks like this tree might be hollow. There is an opening of some kind at the top of this tree between all of the branches.
2: Seems like a horrible idea, but I'm going to be... I'm going in. Yes. But as I am floating, you know, looking for the body, seeing this opening, floating towards the opening, I'm going to say, Aleki, I won't lie to you. I can't... Bring you back. I can't bring her back. I can't. I can't give you, Mariana and Prana. I will not lie to you like he lied to you. But I won't use you either. We don't ask for anything in return but the chance to help you. You're not this person. You're not the evil that he made you do. Mariana loves you. Let us bring you back together. Let us lay you to rest with her and Praina. Doesn't have to be like this.
1: As you're saying that, you drift closer to the top. And you can see that this tree, there's almost a black hole that goes straight down through it and as you begin drifting down it you come to the base of the tree and into the ground beneath it and you can see the roots intertwining around creating a sort of tunnel that comes down into this dank wet space and down here you can see as you look out a tunnel that branches off and a tunnel that branches up and you can see the base of the lighthouse and you can see the other door the other portal that that creature came up through. This must be another way down into wherever the shark beast had come from. And sitting on the floor in the center of this room is a skull. Guiding bolt, guiding bolt. Can I pick it up? You want to try and pick it up? Mm Mm-hmm. Give me a straight d20 charisma check to represent your force of personality and will.
2: That's like the best roll that I have had all night. And so that
1: is going to be a 17. At first, you try and put your hand under it to lift it up, and your hand passes through. And then you pour every ounce of your strength of your being into it, and you barely can hold this up. And then its eyes begin to glow.
2: Oh, good great that's exactly what I wanted
1: so close they've been so close for so long yet so far never able to be with them never able to rest I just want rest
2: let me help you You don't have to suffer like this. They don't have to suffer like this. Let us help you. I found you now. We can put you with them. You don't have to be separated anymore.
1: For those of you above in the conservatory, the mass of plant matter that has been drawn upwards by the wind begins to form and condense into a spherical shape. Vines from the tree lash upwards and begin to shape the sphere. And before your very eyes, it begins to take form. That of a humanoid form. Maya, you hear Alecki say this. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anyone. Ah! The skull is ripped from your hands, from your ghostly hands barely able to hold it, and flies up that shoot. I'll let you follow along with it, probably being dragged by it, as you're dragged up through that tree, only for it to just break out of your hands as you're above the top of the tree of the hole at the top of the tree as the skull flies up and in to this mound and as the plant matter shapes itself around it you see it begins to take on a humanoid shape of a man made of vegetal death and he falls to the ground and rises where he stands he turns to face Kalina. The plant matter shifting to form the military garb of an officer of the Talren army. He brings out his hands together in front of him, and it grows the same longsword that you are holding. And as if spurred on by some unnatural force... You hear him say, I will water my garden with your blood, and your bones will guard their grave. He slashes out with his blade in two hands towards you, Kalina. Kalina will smile. Does a 16 hit you? It does. This thorny, vegetal simulacrum of the longsword sings out slicing across you you'll take seven slashing damage and one poison damage and yes you can try to parry this because it's a melee weapon attack let's see how this goes uh yeah it's uh seven
4: eight nine ten eleven uh damage prevented
1: in the last moment before this blade would slice into you you bring up your sword and deflect it off to the side parrying it successfully. Completely negating any damage you would have taken. And she'll go, I think I use it better than you do. The look on his face is this... Well, yes, it is made of vegetal matter, and so to say his expression is wooden is... correct. But it's also wooden, deadpan. He's not enjoying this. It's almost like he's being forced to what he's doing. Sylvie, it's your turn. You are looking... At a carving, a carving of a small home with a tower behind it, and of a woman's face and her arms underneath it. And in the arms are a bundle that probably you could consider to be likely meant to represent a baby. And then underneath it, it has the words, Mariana Lyra Caligos 923 PR to 951 PR, and Praina Mariana Calagos 951 PR. And there is also inscribed beneath it, Till We Are Together Again, but also carved all around this is, We Will Be Together Again. Wait for me. You promised mad carvings and scrawlings. And you're deaf.
5: Okay, so... Can Sylvie reach out and just, like, touch the carvings? Does anything happen? Like, the house... And the people specifically.
1: Nothing happens.
5: That satisfies my curiosity, at least. Would Sylvie have seen Maya go into the tree?
1: Well, Maya's globe is now floating above the tree, because she got dragged up by the skull. Is the skull out here? You said she was following the skull. Did I see it fly out of the tree? The skull merged with the plant matter and has become the man of plant that Kalina is fighting. Sylvie's going to use her action
5: to cast Hand of Healing on herself because uh, she's a little bit hurt, not feeling super great, and it's going to at least start with that. So heal for seven points of damage, and then I think she's going to go over towards where Kalina's at because she just doesn't feel like trying to punch the tree feels like it's not going to be super effective, so she's going to head in the direction of her friend and see if she can help at least with
1: something you will round the tree and you will see that Kalina is now locked in combat with a figure made of decaying vegetal matter wearing the garb of a Telren military officer would you like to use your movement to flank it you've already used your action, so you can't attack this turn Sounds good, so now you are currently flanking it. It is now the end of your turn, Sylvie. Would you like to make a save versus deafness?
5: Oh yeah, can I now be not? she's like wincing with her like hands held to her ears as she's walking.
1: Please make a constitution saving throw.
5: <laughs> well, that was not great. We're staying deaf. uh constitute i got a I got a five this time, which I think is one more than I got last time, maybe.
1: Don't worry. It's only nine more rounds until you'll get out of it automatically. It's fine. I don't need. I don't need to hear things. Psh, it's fine. Marcus, it's your turn. You are also deaf. Can I take a
0: pod shot at the plant person?
1: Of course you can. The Kalina is fighting.
0: Please and thank you.
1: Are you going to steady yourself?
0: I am going to steady myself. I am the steadiest Marcus in the room. I don't know. Maybe you have an NPC named Marcus that I don't know about. Twenty-four to hit.
1: That will hit, and you have two companions within five feet of the creature for sneak attack.
0: Oh, mama, sita. Okay, eighteen points damage.
1: With that, as your arrow flies through the air and embeds itself in him, Sylvie, you see the vegetal matter and plant matter sort of move around it twist and the arrow snaps and begins to begin incorporated into the creature and without even taking its eyes off of kalina luckily it hasn't noticed sylvie it will move one of its hands off of the blade and point it in the direction of marcus come to me i'm sorry i can't hear what you're saying and a vine of whip-like thorny vegetal material will shoot out towards Marcus and just crack on the floor next to him. And then shoot back to him. Marcus, please make your constitution saving throw to see if you will no longer be deaf.
0: I don't know what you said, but I'm assuming you didn't want me to... You didn't say nasty nice things. Constitution, that is 19.
1: You can now hear... So the first thing you hear is the crack of that vine whip smacking. Oh right where your feet were a moment ago. Alrighty then. Kalina, it's your turn. All right, just
4: a question. Does this thing look like a Lecky or just like a generic soldier? It looks
1: completely like a Lecky. All of the reflections around the room have vanished, like drawn into this. And all the small vegetal creatures that appeared briefly before Aleki was drawn into this form have also been drawn into its body as the vegetal plant matter that they were made from was ripped and shaped. She'll turn to say, Now let's see which one of us is the better
4: monster, and I'll make an attack on him with both, uh, both my hands.
1: An 11 doesn't hit, does it? Unfortunately not. Wait, wait, with advantage
5: because we're flanking?
1: You are flanking, so you do have advantage. Oh, I forgot about that thing. Thank you, Sylvie. 19 this time. You are successful in striking him. Nine points of slashing damage. You'll bring the blade down, slicing into him, and you see it makes this gash across him, which then quickly begins to pull back together. But where you did cut, you can see that there is now a scar across his vegetal uniform.
4: All right, and I will use my action surge to kind of grab the blade again and come up again and make
1: another attack on him. I'm assuming it's 22 hits. That hits. Woo! Ten points of Sasha David this time. You'll make a slice, bring it up across where his belly should be, hopefully disemboweling him, but as you cut through, it then just begins to re-knit itself together, his Vegetal form that is making up the flesh, just slowly moving every which way. Alice, it is your turn.
3: It is my turn. Am I still in these roots?
1: Yes. You are still restrained. Sylvie is still deaf. But for you, it takes your whole action to do a strength check to get out of it in a turn.
3: I guess I'll try and get out this turn, because I need to be useful. Because you did
1: burn some of these roots last time, and there is a fire raging on that side of the room, I will give you advantage on this check.
3: Well, thank God for advantage. One is a 17 minus one, and the other one is a five minus one. You will break free from these
1: vines. How does Alice do it? Do you channel light through and burn them off? Do you?
3: Yeah, can I just like fry them off me?
1: The little bit of light that's reflecting down into this room refracts through you, and then beings just magnify and they will burn off you're now free you have your bonus action and your movement but your action has been spent
3: how far is the creature from me
1: it is less than 30 feet
3: can i use my bonus action to make the illusion of the butler standing beside the creature so that he would have to turn to look at it away from my friends if that makes sense
1: yep that works there is one cardinal direction free. Because Kalina and Sylvia are flanking each other from opposite sides, and Marcus is off to one side. So the on the opposite side of where Marcus is at range, you could put the butler.
3: Yeah. And it, it would only be five feet, so his legs would not be there, most likely. Like ghostly floating. <laughs> and Alice like waves his hand as like the reflection shimmers into existence
1: Kalina, Sylvie Marcus, Maya Quintal has appeared he is standing beside Aleki and with that Aleki is going to make a barrage of attacks his first one he's going to make striking against Kalina in melee with him and then he's going to Quickly switch his blade to strike at Sylvie behind him. Kalina, his blade will whip out towards you with a 21 to hit. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe? Yeah? His strike is one handed this time. You'll take four slashing damage and two poison damage unless you parry it.
4: Yeah, I will attempt uh, to parry it. That's uh,
1: seven damage prevented this time. You will just barely parry him. That's probably because as you parry him, the blade that was in that hand that he was bringing down on you basically disappears into his body and re-emerges from his other arm as his face moves from one side of its head to face to the other side, forming facing Sylvie, and it's going to slash down on her. And I rolled a two. There is no realistic bonus that can change this to not be a mess. Miss, ha! Monk power. Maya, it is your turn.
2: I'm going to shout out to everybody. His bones are somehow under the tree and his head is in the... His skull is in the plant monster man. And I think something's controlling him. Alice, help me figure out how to stop whatever's making him do this and Maya is going to start looking around um, kind of starting with the base of the tree to see if there's like symbols carved or uh, I don't know, object somewhere near Aleki's body that would make sense for how cursed and awful he is
1: and I don't know if it helps, but I can see into the ethereal plane. Are you trying to do this as more of an investigation or a broad perception?
2: I think we'll start with a broad perception and then go from there.
1: I got a 25 on my perception check. With your 25, I will correct something that is a misconception for Maya. The body that is in the ground is intact. It has all of its bones, as well as a smaller body of bones that are cradled in its arms.
2: Sorry, sorry. I think I wasn't clear, because I know that Mariana and Prena are buried near the tree, but Aleki's skull was under the tree, right?
1: Aleki's skull was under the tree? You have not found any other bone anywhere.
2: Okay, that's where I was confused. It was just his head.
1: Yes, you have only found his skull. Maya's looking for some something. Looking about, you can be confident that you cannot see Aleki's bones, and when you were going through the tree, you didn't see any of them in there. Only his skull. Which means his bones might be elsewhere, but if they are, they're very far away. Right, okay. Something theoretically could be controlling him through them, but if you could find a way to put his spirit to rest, you might not need all the bones to do it.
2: Okay, then I think Maya's going to say, I can't find the rest of his body. We need that skull, and we need to bury it with Mariana and Prena.
1: This would have taken your action. Are you going to use your bonus action?
2: To be fair, I think that Maya would have spent like a fair amount of time trying to find the thing. She really wants some kind of peaceful resolution, <laughs> and it's just not happening. So I think the remainder of the turn will just be Maya is going to manifest in her ghostly form and she'll appear with her her beautiful hair and dress and her exquisite axe and she's gonna
1: move up to join the party. With that proclamation from Maya and as she appears in her ghostly glory resplendent in interesting clothing and wielding an axe likely has some symbolic value to her. Aleki is going to raise his blade over his head and is going to try and deliver a crushing blow against Kalina. He is pouring far more strength into this than usual. Kalina, does a 16 hit you? Oh, yeah, that one hits me. Can you make a strength check? Not a saving throw, just a straight strength check. Okay. Ew. Five. He raises his arms and brings the flat of the blade down on you. You raise your blade to meet it, but as you do, his strikes yours and drives you to your knees, then buckling beneath you and you are forced prone. His blade slightly turns and will slice across your back for two slashing damage and four poison damage.
4: <laughs> the poison is dead, Uh Just for the sake of flavor, Kalina could not
1: stop that one. Sylvie, you see Alecki's features, which previously had formed on the side of the head facing you, melt away and form on the other side as he raises his hands together his arms almost seeming to become broader and stronger strengthening and like cords as he brought a two handed blow down that forced Kalina onto her knees and sliced across her what do you do To your left is the butler, and in front of you is Alecky Calagosa's back.
2: Well, and the butler is only, like, the top five feet of him, though, right? He has no feet, and part of his legs are missing?
1: Yes, but unless she takes an investigation check against Alice's DC... Oh, okay. In the heat of battle, that's probably not going to be noticed. I think that if she takes the investigation check to determine if it's real... Then she'll notice that the legs aren't
3: there.
2: No, I thought I was being helpful, sorry.
3: He also has a monocle.
2: Ah, of course.
3: The monocle is like a mirror and it has like Alice's eye on it and it and it and it, and it winks.
1: Sylvie, what will you do?
3: There's a be spectacled. Be
1: monocled? Butler.
5: Perfect. I think Sylvie would probably glance over at him, but He's not the one attacking anybody this current second, so she's not that concerned yet. And I don't know, he's not a shark person at the moment, apparently yet. So she's gonna take her quarter staff out and just try and whack this weird plant Alecki in the back of the head or back to her the best of her ability, with advantage. It's a plantecki. Beautiful. <laughs>
3: very Johto. Is that in Johto?
5: Well, thank goodness that was with advantage because the first roll was a 3 but the second roll was an 18 plus 6, so I'm guessing that hits. That will hit. Okay, that is 6 whacking damage. I think that's (laughs) bludgeoning. Yeah,
1: (laughs) bludgeoning. So you'll bring it down onto his shoulder and you will smash into the plant matter there, and you will see some of it fly off and splat. But as your even as your staff comes back out, it begins to reform.
5: Hmm. Right. And then as a bonus action, because she's not satisfied, that was not it just wasn't enough. She's gonna unarm arm strike. Also with advantage. Oh my gosh, she keeps throwing my dice. Alright, another 18 plus 6. I'm. Still hits. Great. So then that's 1d4 plus 4, but then I'm also doing something else. So that's 6 more damage, but then I'm also going to use a key point to use Hand of Harm to do additional necrotic damage. Which is another d4 plus 3. So then that's another 5 necrotic damage.
1: The necrotic damage as you touch him and hit him with that seems to wither away these plants, and where it comes back, it comes back thinner. And then I would like to try
5: and be less deaf, please.
1: Make a constitution check.
5: Great. Those have gone really well so far, so...
1: (laughs) Nope, it's not happening. I'm a two plus one, I think. (laughs) You're still deaf. The world is ringing. Ringing And silence.
4: She really doesn't want to hear all this stuff.
1: It's fine. I don't need to hear. It's not important, probably. Probably, it's fine. Marcus, it's your turn. The last thing that you heard was what Maya said.
0: Do I see anything around me that would comply with that order that I can get to and help with?
1: Take off his
2: head.
0: Okay, well, I'll just take off his head then.
1: You going to shoot your bow? Are you going to run up to try and football grab his head? (laughs)
0: You know what? Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to run, and I am just so tired of this mother-loving house and this mother-loving ghost that I'm just going to just barbarian it. I'm done playing nice.
1: Make a strength melee attack. It's going to be an unarmed strike with advantage. To see if you can get his head. Dirty 20. Kalina, Sylvie, as you are fighting, as you are striking at this creature, there is a blur as Marcus comes charging. And he this just a blur of Marcus as he jumps. Do you yell anything? You can have his head after I grind it to dust before she sees Marcus. <laughs>
4: I grab this thing and then look at him angrily as he passes over (laughs) her.
0: As Marcus runs and charges, (laughs) he's just going to yell, I hate this damn house! And just jump and scream with all his vigor and might.
1: You will jump, grabbing the head, using your momentum, you rip it off? Unfortunately, uh, for his attack of opportunity, he did get a 16, so that will hit you.
0: Oh, it does, yes.
1: And you will take 7 slashing damage and 2 poison damage. Wow. That halved your hit points. But you have the head, and you are probably about 15 feet from the body. The head, Marcus, in your hands, the face on it, is going to shift and move to be looking at you. And then you're going to see it split so that now it has two faces. One looking at you that, be, that goes, give me back. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the body's arm is going to lash out towards you. And that vine is going to shoot towards you. The one you were able to successfully avoid last time. And an 11 does not hit you. This vine will snap just right by you, but you see that it it extends and actually smashes into the wall behind you before it snakes back. Grand Theft Head, Kalina, it's your turn. You see as the as it comes back towards as this vine from the arm comes back and reforms into the arm that the creature is. Definitely not as stable without its head. It seems to be wobbling back and forth, probably because it is seeing itself. What are you going to do?
4: And there's still that illusion of the butler to the left of us, right?
1: Oh, yes, it is. And it's wearing a monocle. And it
4: winks.
1: Menacingly, in her anger,
4: seeing that Marcus grabbed that and is like, well, he's got that. She will take a swing at the butler.
1: Just wildly, just kind of spin around and swing at it. Roll an attack. (laughs) Your blade slices into where the butler should be standing. You can't tell if he's just dodged it or if it has no effect on him. But I will give you a free investigation check. 17. As your blade passes through and you look at him with this look of confusion on your eye, in your face, you notice he doesn't have legs. And that winking at you is very familiar. It's like Alice's wink over the top.
4: Clena will look at Alice. She looks a little angry, but you're not sure what she's angry at. (laughs) And then we'll get in between Marcus and the plant creature. We'll kind of like move in between the two of them.
1: Alice, it's your turn.
3: It's my turn. How's, like, how's the fire looking?
1: It's expanding. It's getting closer to the base of the tree, to be honest. In a round or two, it might be over top of the grave.
3: Can I set the body on fire of the creature?
1: So you're going to hurl a ball of fire at it with produce flame?
3: Fifteen to hit?
1: You will just barely hit it. Awesome.
3: Oh, the... right that's three fire damage.
1: So that fire will catch onto this thing and it is more effective than what it had previously been and this will destroy the body. So please describe the destruction of the body.
3: Alice cups his hands together as the blue flame appears as his hands glow with light and he whisks it away as it collides with the creature's body and what starts as a single flame that would just be a minor nuisance, like on its shoulder. Like, as Alice, like, um, pushes forward more with his hands, the fire spreads throughout the entire thing's body and causes it to burn into a. Well, would it be like a campfire, essentially? Like, would it fall over?
1: <laughs> it will fall over or fall into itself, slowly collapsing in as the embers and flames just burn it inside and out, and it will turn into a mulch of glowing, burning still embers, right there. And as it does, Aleki bones. And you see, Marcus, the head begins sort of shift and quake, and you can see that some of the vines and the plant matter that is on it is starting to move down to where the neck should be, and is starting to grow out into a new body.
3: Oh, oh, body. ah,
4: no,
3: no. Can I just use my bonus action as well? I will use it to conjure another illusion of, like, an an arrow. Like, not like a Las Vegas sign, but we've done this before. Like a tavern sign that points to, like, the burning fire that I have is, like, toss the skull in here.
1: There is the sound of chains as a sign of wood drops down, hanging from ethereal chains, Pointing down, saying, "Drop skull here," pointing at the burning pile of remains. Except Marcus can't. Wait.
3: Nope. I <laughs> this
1: has happened before,
3: <laughs>
1: and this is going to happen many times throughout this campaign, I'm sure.
2: If only you just shouted the direction.
0: We have a large, a large. A long boat ride. Maybe Marcus can learn on that boat ride. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maya,
1: it's your turn.
2: Can Maya see the sign?
1: Most assured.
2: And then Maya will yell to Marcus, throw the head into the fire. And then she's going to go float, but still in her looking like a ghost person form, over to where Marcus is, in case something needs to be hit with a ghostly great axe.
1: Okay, you float over to closer to where Marcus is, quite near the top of the grave, where Mariana and Prana lay. And that will start us back at the top of initiative. The fire begins to expand more, encroaching, some of it beginning to even go up the tree, but you see that the plant matter that is being burned by the fire, some of it starts to get pulled and whisked up into the air, and now a new ball of matter is forming near the ceiling. But this one is on fire. This next body will be on fire. Oops. (laughs) Sylvie, it's your turn. Oh, great. Okay.
5: Okay. I think Sylvie's going to move in the direction of where Marcus and Maya's forms are both at. There's not a whole lot else she can do. Can I ready an action and hit anything that comes close to me with my quarterstaff? Anything? Well, no. Anything that seems ag- aggressive and or part of
1: a lucky. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Because otherwise, if Kalina got close, she's probably aggressive. So. (laughs) Just thwack.
5: (laughs) I mean, and then I would like to try and be not deaf. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's a two. It's, I, I'm deaf. I just, Sylvie's deaf until, until, until she's not. Session 100.
0: (laughs) Sylvie can hear again
5: probably she'll be fine without her ears people will just get really annoyed with her
0: it's been 84 years
5: (laughs) does she just talk to herself yeah she can't hear so
4: and she won't know when people are asking her to please stop talking and she just keeps talking about random facts
5: (gasps) but she won't be able to learn anything new Ugh tragedy
1: tragedy unless it's written down because she can read that's true marcus it's your turn Marcus still has the head. Marcus, you have the head. There's a sign that's dropped down. Maya's urged you to throw it on the fire.
0: Oh, and I'm eating this head on the fire.
1: I won't even need a roll from you. You'll throw the head onto the fire and vegetation will begin to catch. The skull now sits in the middle of the fire as the fire blazes around it. Is there anything else you'd like to do? I will let you have your full turn. I will count throwing it as not even an action.
0: Can I... Can I shoot the... The fiery person?
1: The ball of burning matter that is forming?
0: See. That's not a person, but you know.
1: It hasn't formed into a body yet. It seems to be compacting all the vegetal matter that comes into it.
0: Could I attack it?
1: You don't think that it would be effective if you did. You'd just be shooting an arrow that has wood on it into something that is absorbing vegetal matter.
0: I think what I'm going to do is Marcus will ready his action to attack. Anything super bad just pops out. If that's okay.
1: How bad is super bad? Yeah, how bad? super bad?
0: If anyone is going to be harmed, I would like to attack the person creature or thing that is going to harm a companion of mine near me with a short bow
1: understood more vegetal plant matter will be drawn up and some of the dirt even from the ground is now beginning to be drawn up and in towards this ball that is growing bigger and bigger Kalina it is your turn how high is this the fire?
4: like is it like a blazing fire? like three feet fire?
1: Because of the wind as it is being pulled up, in the places where the fire and the things that are on fire are being pulled up, it goes quite high. But otherwise, it's probably about a foot two feet at most.
4: And where the skull landed, how f- is it in one of these high fires?:
1: It is at your feet, to be honest. And it is probably just about, like, a campfire-sized fire. Okay, can Kalina stomp on the skull? You could try. Kalina would like to try. As Kalina raises her foot, is anyone going to say anything to her?
4: That makes me nervous.
1: Roll an attack. This would be an unarmed strike, technically speaking, right? Yes, unarmed strike. 24. That will hit. And that is for damage. You will bring your foot down on the skull, smashing it you will see it break, a few pieces clattering off. Nothing
3: stops.
1: Alice, it's your turn.
3: How far is the head from me in the flame now?
1: It's about 10 or 15 feet from you, depending on where, by Marcus, you placed yourself.
3: I will use my one guiding bolt a day and try and blast the skull.
1: Make your attack?
3: That will be a 13 plus 6. Dirty 19. It will hit. That's 12 points of radiant damage.
1: As your guiding bolt smashes into the fragments, breaking them even more, scattering the fragments that Maya said to join with the bodies of Prena and Mariana, they are now scattered further across this room and the area around Kalina's feet. Well, they're all glowing. And they are all glowing. The very fires around this room suddenly go out as they are all drawn up into this ball that is now blazing above you. Maya, it's your turn.
2: Okay, are there any gardening tools near
1: here or is it just the trowel by the door? There's just the trowel wherever Alice had left it that you can see. There might be metal implements. The wood from them has probably been stripped away from their handles. All
2: right, quickly, I think we need to dig a hole. Alice, what happened to that trowel? Somebody, somebody get the trowel and...
3: This bloody one in my hand? Do you still have it? I didn't ever say I got rid of it. Well, I did say I used my two hands for stuff.
2: You have it. We'll say it.
3: I have it. I have it. Yeah.
2: Okay, quickly, we need to dig a hole, and Maya's going to point to where she can see the body is under the ground.
1: Maya, can I have an intelligence check? Oh, no. Just a straight intelligence check. No, why are my rolls so It's a three. Alice, can I have a straight intelligence check from you? Sure. Actually, I will just ask, wh- who is carrying Tunneler? I am.
3: That would be Maya.
4: Yeah, it was on Maya when her body was taken because Clayton didn't
3: grab it.
2: Oh yeah, none of us. <gasps> oh, my God. yeah. Sorry, it's a nice thought. Okay.
3: I have a sheep.
4: Yeah, Clayton would not have thought of to grab the badger figure <laughs> at the
2: time. Okay, <laughs> hey, we're lucky we got the key.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So Maya's directing somebody to dig a hole and everybody else to. Quickly, help me gather the the pieces of the skull. We're going to bury it, and I'm going to say a few words.
3: Gather them? We blasted them all over the place.
2: Come on, please. And And because Maya can't do anything herself, she is going to be saying a prayer over the grave, and she's saying things like, Cain, through me, help these souls to rest. Help us return the house to order. Hime, bring peace to this family. That kind of stuff. Hopefully, we're able to bury this skull in time and it's effective.
3: Would, like, just, like, question... Cass? Mm Mm-hmm. The fire is, like, one big, like, funeral pyre to, like, Hime 2. And, like... (laughs) Like, it's in the fire, right? Like...
1: What are you hoping for?
3: I don't know, like, is is there, like, a Hime funeral we could do? Like, of all of them?
1: Hime is not a goddess of death. There are three gods of death.
2: Oh yeah, if Sylvie and Kalina want to pitch in.
1: Ashen, Adrestia, and Ulton, technically. Hime only comes in to death at the very end of it when she takes souls after they've been processed to create new souls to ensconce into bodies
3: so he is no help here
1: she is a goddess of protection motherhood harvest and community the goddess of hearth and home
2: that's a good point though i feel like maya would know at least some of that and so she's probably also saying like Help these souls move to the Lady's Book and, you know, Ashen come and collect these, these poor souls who have suffered here for so long. We've all been to funerals, I'm sure. I'm sure she knows some other things to say.
1: Your prayers echo about the room. To be transparent, I am going to give everyone one more action before the creature reforms. Sylvie, how do you spend your action?
2: I don't know. She can't hear any of anything. So, Maya's not just light. She has been gesturing for what's that for what that is worth. Okay. So she's, like, got a body.
4: And there is a sign that says, and there is a sign that says skull here.
5: Yeah, but the skull doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, well, it does exist, but, like, in pieces.
2: You could ready your action to to see what everybody else does and then mimic them. It's true. If Sylvie would be, like, watching for cues from everybody else to see what, what's going on. Yeah, I
5: think definitely she would be watching for cues from other people to see what they would be doing. Because, like, she can't hit the thing in the sky. Like, she doesn't have... I don't think she has any ranged attacks. And if she does, they're, like, a dart. <laughs> Which... I
1: don't think she has any of, so... Give me an intelligence check. You can have advantage on it. Oh, awesome.
5: Intelligence check. All right. All right, okay. So that was a 15,
1: and that was a 7, so a 15. So you can piece together that Maya is trying to gesture that, they, that you guys need to dig In the spot that you know is Mariana and Prena's grave. And then she's making an emotion with her hands that almost seems like gathering something and putting it in there.
5: Sylvie's gonna get on her knees, like, right at the base of the tree and start just, like, digging into the dirt with her hands. Are you saying anything as
1: you do? I don't think Sylvie's saying anything. Then before we move on, let's see if you stop being deaf.
5: Oh, yay, this has gone really well in the past, so... (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I got a six, so Sylvie's
1: not gonna hear anything. Oh dear. Marcus, it's your turn now.
0: Do I... still have my... statue?
1: Yes, you should still have it. All of you have your individual figurines, including Maya. It's just on her physical body.
0: Can I just ask it? Hey, uh mister Uh Thing, Do you have any wisdom for me in this scenario?
1: <laughs> Roll me a D twenty. Just a flat D twenty.
0: Oh <laughs> that's a twenty. I don't know what that means.
1: You hear in your mind sudden sound of birds tweeting of them chirping of a river gracefully burbling of the tranquility of nature and then you hear a voice a voice in your mind miracles miracles can be completed so long as teamwork and friendship prevails and you are filled with this deep sense you your elk. That this voice... Very naively optimistic.
0: So Sylvie is digging currently?
1: Yes, Sylvie is digging.
0: I am going to go help Sylvie dig.
1: Are you going to dig with your statue? Or with your hands? It has a square base that you could use. The antlers could theoretically be used to loosen dirt. They might break. Unsure.
0: I think I just used my hands.
1: You'll start to dig. Kalina, it's your turn. The pieces of this skull are scattered about glowing. Kalina will
4: grumble, and then she'll try and pick up all the pieces. And would I have enough to be able to grab the pieces and walk to the hole, or just grab all the pieces?
1: Probably just grabbing the pieces, but we're going to do an investigation check to see if you get all of them. With advantage because they're glowing. The DC for this is fifteen.
4: Hey, I got a plus one. This will go well, right? Oh, I got a thirteen.
1: Granted with advantage You gather what you think are all the pieces.
4: Alright. And I can't move towards the hole?
1: No, because you've had to you've had to move around to get all the pieces. They got scattered a bit across. Alice, it's your turn.
3: It's gonna be my action to see if Clean has gathered all the pieces, correct?
1: I will let you use your bonus action for surveying to see if she missed any.
3: So I will look for any pieces Kalina has missed.
1: Does, yes, investigation, does Guiding Bolt last till the end of your next turn?
3: It's the next attack made against whatever it is.
1: They're still glowing, so you have advantage. That will be
3: a 16 plus 7, right? you
1: You notice two pieces that Kalina had missed. One is on the stairs, and another is actually really close to you.
3: I would like to grab both of them.
1: So you'll grab the one near your feet, and then you'll race over to the stairs and grab that one, and you can get a little bit back over, but not all the way back. Okay. You'll need one more round of movement to reach the hole. Maya, it's your turn. Above you, the flaming sphere of vegetal matter now ash and soot and coal has begun to form into a humanoid figure how close is it to us? it's probably about 20 feet up Uh, I think I
2: feel very committed to this course of action
1: so Maya is going to
2: be checking to make sure that everything's proceeding as it needs to, that the pieces have been collected and are on their way and that the hole is being dug and um, that everything's ready to come together and she's just going to keep praying. What do you say? Cain, hi, King, Help my words reach the ears of the other gods help these souls go to the lady's book. Help Ashen come to collect these that have been here so long, waiting for rest. Please, Cain, please
1: help me to help restore order here. Give me a religion check.
2: Oh, no. All of my rolls have been absolute crap tonight.
0: You can do this.
2: Oh, no, no. I lost the dice on the floor.
0: What does it say? That might count if it's really high.
2: It was a 17. Oh, this is a 16. That's not bad. Um, plus three. That's a 19.
1: As you pray, you feel that you draw not on just on your own reserves... But on other reserves, other forces in this house that are attempting to help you. And the ground that both Marcus and Sylvie are working at digging opens. They both jump back, they don't fall into the hole. But as the dirt peels back, you can see the bleached bones of Mariana and her baby laying there. But as if by some horrible twist of fate, this is as the time that the body begins to really take form and falls to the ground. This one wreathed in fire and flame, wielding two swords, Kalina And Alice, can you both make strength saving throws to hold on to the fragments of bone you have? No! Oh, no.
3: 21. Oh! I got an 18, so that's 18 minus 1, which is a 17.
1: The two of you will hold on. Kalina, you close your arms over it as they try to pull. Alice, you ball your fists around the two pieces. This creature has dropped down in between the two of you and your companions. Sylvie, it's your turn. The grave has opened in front of you.
5: So I guess I jump backwards from the hole in the ground that's just opened up. Can I look, like, over my shoulder to see where everybody else is? Do I notice him that way?
1: If you glance over your shoulder, there is a figure, wreathed in flame, wielding two flaming blades... Standing between you and Alice and Kalina.
5: Great. And he's on fire. Probably shouldn't hit him with my fist then. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess, I guess she's just gonna... Can she take that dagger out that she
1: picked up and like... The petrified wood dagger?
3: No! No, don't.
1: Don't float, no! (laughs)
5: Let
4: her do what Sylvie would do.
5: What if I have a hunting knife?
1: I probably have like a knife of some kind that's not... You definitely have a hunting knife as well. But you could throw the petrified wood dagger into the fire.
5: I don't think she would do that if she has like a regular knife because obviously regular knives are metal, probably not going to be consumed by flame. So a regular knife. Can I throw it at him?
1: Yes, you can. Because it is a dagger, it has the finesse property, so along with Throne, which it has a range of 20 feet, you can either use dexterity or strength. I rolled a 19. That hits. Seven. Your dagger will sink into him. You see the hilt of the dagger burst into flames. Okay, and I would like to back up away from him. You back up away from him. Anything else?
5: Oh. I would like to try and be not deaf anymore.
1: Yes, please. Let's see how this goes.
5: Okay, well, that was a 14, but and I have a plus one, so a 15.
1: You meet the DC. You're no longer deaf. Suddenly, the crackling sound of flames comes in. You can hear the wind still howling about you. And you finally... And you can hear the panting of your own breath. The shock of your companions. Marcus, it's your turn.
0: Okay, so I can see the flaming humanoid now, right? Or can I not still?
1: Because you've thrown yourself back where Sylvie was before where you were digging, you were digging right beside her. So you can see it.
0: Do I get the sense that attacking it makes sense after all it's occurred?
1: You saw the dagger slam into its back and then the hilt of it burst into flames. Take that to me and what you'd like.
0: Can I try something? Can I try talking to the woman who has talked to me before?
1: Why, yes, you could.
0: Okay, well, I'll just kind of sit there, pull out my short bow, and Marcus will just say to himself, Okay, um great lady I don't know who you are but right now I really could use some sort of miracle or something like that and I, I, this seems crazy but if maybe I could just get a favor here that'd be great and Marcus will shoot the short at the flaming monstrosity
1: as you pull back your bow the arrowhead you'll see it almost as if the metal peels away from it leaving behind the look of verdigreed bronze take that to mean whatever you would like
0: okay I'm was that like my bonus action or just talking or
1: we can say your bonus action was part of you steadying yourself. Like, that this talking was as you steadied yourself.
0: Alright, so I will go ahead and use that steady aim then. Advantage and make the attack. So, 18.
1: That will hit. Please roll your damage. But when you do, add your proficiency bonus in damage as well.
0: there's 10 points of damage.
1: You draw it back, and as you do, you briefly almost feel as if there's another set of hands steadying yourself, another set of hands holding you close. And you smell the scent of the surf, of the waves, of the reeds, of water rushing through a stream. Smell as the sun bakes the wet banks. And your arrow flies. And it briefly glimmers before it strikes into this thing. And the fire, for a moment, goes out. It then returns, but only as embers where this arrow has struck you can see that along this arrow tiny etchings glowing in a teal azure light run along the shaft.
0: Well that's new. Marcus will just kind of silently say thank you.
1: And you'll hear echoed, come to me soon. Kalina, it's your turn. The flames that were wreathing this creature have sputtered out, and now it looks like a person made of embers standing in front of you. Or close by you.
4: Okay, um, the skull, is it still, like, pulling
1: towards this thing? It still feels like it's being pulled towards the thing. But you're still holding on to it. I don't need you to make another strength check. And I think you you said there was a hole, but I don't know. Did Kalina see it before this thing jumped in front of it? You know where Maya was saying the skull pieces needed to be taken. You don't know that there's a hole there now, though.
4: Do I have enough movement to run around this creature and get behind it on the other side?
1: Would you like to take a dash? Would I need to to get to the spot? If you want to go around it without going into what you presume is its reach, then yes.
4: Let's not. Let's just run right through the thing, as as straight of a path to the hole as I can get.
1: Urge towards the hole, running past this creature. Its twin blades will slice out towards you. It rolled 19 to hit, which will hit. (laughs) Yup. The blade that sinks into you is quite brittle. You'll take one slashing damage. But four poison damage will course through your veins, and an additional four fire damage will sear your skin. Oof, that hurt. But you are now at the hole. Are you going to dive into the hole with the bone fragments?
4: I was about to ask, how big is the actual hole? Is it big enough for me to jump down?
1: Yep,
3: big enough for you to jump
1: down. Then yes, Queen would jump down. You jump down. Alice, it's your turn.
3: How far am I from the grave (laughs) state if you take the
1: most direct route like kalina you can get there in 30 feet of movement if you want to go around this thing so that it won't get an attack of opportunity against you then you'll need to dash or you'll need to have a method of travel that gives you 50 or 40 feet of movement
3: alice is going to melt into a puddle of liquid mirror And slowly a shape will come out of it. Well, it'll be kind of quick because it's an action. And it will reform into the shape of a horse. So I'm going to wild shape into a riding horse, which gives me 60 feet of movement. It's like a white horse. And I am going to trot into a run um, with the um, shards of bone in my mouth and make my way to the grave
1: <laughs> and drop them in
3: and drop them in it's like you know the horse like running through the flames you know like to get there
1: as the fragments of Aleki's skull fall into the grave that contains Mariana and Prena's bones there is silence the wind dies the chill in the room all but vanishes. The bluish tint to the light melts away as an amber glow of the late afternoon filters through the broken panes. And that is where we'll end for tonight's session. (laughs) Oh, thank God. I was
2: so worried that Maya had adamantly insisted that we all do this thing and that it wasn't going to have any effect. (laughs) We were all just going to die.
1: Well, everyone, please level up. (sighs) Oh, Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Carlos.
2: Well, I mean, let's not be too excited. We've got to take a long rest before we can benefit from that.
1: Yes. Yes. Marcus must take a level in Warlock. Hexblade.
3: Ooh! Ooh! Hex, 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 hex. hex.
0: Y'all can't see me right now, but my hands are up. I'm so excited.
2: listening To Roll with Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes go to zapsplat.com purple planet music and arcane anthems full credits are in the episode description
3: we're prepared guys we've been asking we've said hey cast throw it at us like we're here to handle it and we did who said that who said that was i here i don't remember that conversation
5: i don't remember i i think that maybe after a long rest but
0: (laughs) maybe when i'm level 20
5: i have all my key points still so
3: hell yeah key points
2: hell yeah key points for days Sorry, Josh, would you re the thing?
3: Yes, you cut out again. I'm afraid about my internet. Can you guys hear me now?
2: Yep. It, sorry, it went chip monkey. Cool. At what point?
3: <laughs> it was fine for me.
2: Oh,
5: I I don't think I've ever heard anybody sound tealy me or chip monkey,
3: so... Same. Likewise. Me too. I
2: feel like I need to do
1: some Googling, because it... Is it just me that hears that? The helium? I've never heard anyone have the helium, go like helium. That might actually be your, uh, maybe it's your headphones, Um, but the breaking up.
2: It only happens after the breaking up glitchy.
1: I'm not really sure what you mean. (laughs) What are you dining about?
2: What do you mean?
4: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
0: I think everyone sounds normal.
2: Yeah, everything sounds totally normal. I never hear anything. I'm going insane.
3: You could
0: disengage.
1: I'm not good at rogue things. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Not I Yes. Yeah. Did I cut out? Because suddenly my clean feed told me, your connection has been lost. We will continue to attempt to maintain live audio. Oh,
5: I- yeah, you're fine. I think I heard everything. Wait, okay, now I can't hear you, Cass.
1: I think you might have muted yourself. I
0: sure did.